right, everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Bernie and Chris. I'm Bernie. I'm Chris. Chris, how was your week this week? You know, a lot going on in sports, you know. Same story, different week for the Giants. I'm sure you're not too happy about the Patriots this week. Oh, Chris, I had an awful it's, weekend. Um, Trust me. It's nice for once that at least our, I'm in the same boat with our football team for once. It's, it's a nice thing. Uh, hey, hey, Chris, don't don't remind me. Huh? We'll talk more you about that later. You don't, have, you don't have to be a jerk about it. Like, we get it. Not. We get it. We suck. We get it now. This is going to be awful. This is going to be an awful episode because I know once we start talking about football, you're just going to take shots at me. I already know it. I'm already mentally preparing myself for it. But anyways, let's jump into listeners' choice as always. This week comes from comes from Nick Gabriel. Nick is a fan of the show who always sends me uh, topics that are never good. But this week, he actually finally sent me something that's actually really good for one. So, Nick, good job. He asks, he just simply asks, who's the best team in football as we approach the midpoint of the NFL season? All right. Well, if thank you for the question, Nick. I'm sorry that your team still sucks, being that you're an Eagles fan. But, um, <laughs> yes, um, going back to your question, Nick, I would have to say the Tennessee Titans are the best team in football. I know they lost. Really? You're going with Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, I know they lost um, a tough game, but um, they have a good team. You know, Henry's a beast. They have a good good coach. Their defense uh, plays great. And you know what? They're playing those close games each and every week, and they continue to win them. And then if uh, they don't miss that field goal, I'm pretty sure they win in overtime, if I were to take a guess. So, you know, that, that team's playing in so many close games that I really feel that Come playoff time, you know, you're playing in tight games. And th- they're going to get over the hump this year. I really do think they're going to get over the hump. I'm big on the Are you a big, uh, big, you a big Derrick Henry guy? Um, I'm, I like Derrick Henry, but I'm a big Ryan Tannehill guy. I really believe in Ryan Tannehill. Really? Yeah. I think he's very underrated. Leave it to a Giants fan to not like a top star quarterback in the NFL. You guys are used to that by now. <laughs> So, so you like Tannehill more than you like Henry? No, I mean, the, Henry's great, too. I just think that uh, Tannehill is the uh, main – a big part of that team that people don't pay much attention to. But, uh, obviously, Henry opens up everything for Tannehill in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I like the pick, Chris. I really do. Thank you. I, I was not expecting you to pick the Tennessee type. I thought you were going to be stupid and pick, like, the Giants or something like that. But. Hey, still one and a half out, baby. <laughs> still a chance. God, your division's trash. But anyways, I'm gonna we're gonna be in the same game here, Chris. Except different teams. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like, and that. I'm not picking the Steelers because they're the last unbeaten team in the NFL. I'm just picking them because this is the most complete team in the NFL. When you look when you look at the stats for the Pittsburgh Steelers, great. You have big. You well, yeah. First of all, Tomlin's a great coach. Start with second, that. What's that? I said that's where you got to start. Unbelievable coach. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's kept the Steelers relevant for how many years now? Close to ten, I think. Oh yeah, at least. And I know there are times when the Steelers weren't great, and everyone was calling for Tomlin's job, but the Steelers stuck with him, and now the Steelers are great, great again. I was hoping um, he would get fired. I wanted the Giants to get him. Man, he's a great coach. I, I I'm a, I'm a big Tomlin guy. I am. I love Tomlin. Not as much uh, not as much as I love Belichick, but I love Tomlin. But anyways, when you look at when you look at when you look at the players this year, 
obviously you have to start with Ben Roethlisberger. Ben's come, Ben right now is secured comeback player of the year. That's for sure, right there. Yeah. Ben Ben looks like the Ben from five, ten years from really ten years ago when he was moving around in the pocket, hard to bring down, making making plays with his legs, create, getting some extra time to make a play. Um, he ha, he has almost fifteen hundred yards this season with thirteen touchdowns. He's not in the MVP race. Don't get me wrong with that. He's not the best quarterback in the league. However, he's he's an issue. He's an issue for defenses right now. He he's he just he just looks great. He looks great. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I've never been too high on him. But man, he he's he he's a whole different animal this year. It's it it it's it's nice to see Ben look great, but at the same time, it's like oh damn it, like Ben's good again. Yeah, you know, he had all those rivalries, obviously, with the Patriots all those years in those AFC oh, Championship God. games. You know, the guy's a good God. player. Um, I've always rooted for Big Ben for some reason. You know, same draft class as Eli Manning when he came out. You know, I um, I liked him a lot more than I did, so say, like a Phillip Rivers. I just thought he played. You guys the- almost had Phillip Rivers, too. Remember that. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> But um, you know, I just always thought he played the game right, like you said. And um, when he's healthy, you know, the Steelers are a good organization, and those type of teams tend to draft well. And when they draft well, you know, they finally put in all these weapons around them. You know, James Conner, um, all their wide receivers. Pool is that his name? Pool that rookie? Claypool. Claypool, yeah. Claypool. Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, they're just putting – they continue to put weapons around them. And, like, they just find guys. I know Devin Bush got hurt, but like like you said, like, they continue to find playmakers on that defense. And, you know, they're the Pittsburgh defense of old now. I wouldn't go that far. But, but I mean, the Steelers team is great. As you already mentioned some players, obviously James Conner, take it or leave with him. He's a defendable back. Not the world's greatest running back. But he's top 15, I will say that. Not top 10, but top 15. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, you have the three-headed uh, monster in Pittsburgh, too, with Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson. Uh, Claypool this year, he's in talks with Rookie of the Year. Obviously, that would go to Justin Herbert right now, the quarterback from the L.A. Chargers. But Clay- Claypool's right behind him, and he's really going to make the voters this year who determine like who wins the awards. He's really going to make them think about it because Chase Claypool's having a hell of a year this year. He for, really for, is. For, for, for a rookie. He's awesome. He's fun to watch. Uh, 18 receptions this year, 333 yards. He's averaging 18 and a half yards per reception and has four touchdowns on the year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has 32 receptions on the year for 279 yards, averaging about eight yards, almost nine yards per reception with three touchdowns. And then Deontay, Deontay Johnson has 24 receptions, for 227 yards, averaging about nine and a half yards per reception, and gets has three touchdowns on the year. Other than those three, you also have Eric Ebron and James Washington, who are the two other basic main top main targets for Big Ben. Two good pickups. I mean, the Steel, the Steelers team, like every position, almost they're loaded in almost every position. You yeah. look at you look at the defense. You you already mentioned it. Devin Bush is out for the year, but you have Minka Fitzpatrick. You have T.J. Watt. You have Cam Hayward. You have Bud Dupree. I mean, you have Stephen Tewitt. I, I, the list goes on and on. I can keep going on and on about the great, about the great players the Steelers have this year. And 
All the players too are the reason why they're six and zero this year. I would just like to say that they're they're the reason why they're six and zero this year. Now, when you're taking a look at their schedule coming up, not the easiest. Well, this Sunday I should say is not the easiest. Uh, this Sunday they go to Baltimore. It, it's a one o'clock game, but it really should be Sunday night football because I'm really not trying to watch the Eagles and Cowboys play each other on Sunday night football. That game that game will be off. I'm sure it hopefully. should definitely it should definitely be flexed. That is a terrible. That is a terrible game to be on Sunday Night Football, and I think even the NFL knows it. But that's another discussion for another day. Anyways, other than go, other than Baltimore, um, that's a toss up right there. These are the next five games, including this Baltimore game. You also have, then they go to Dallas. Please spare yourself if you're really going to try to defend the Cowboys in that game. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> okay, Steve, okay, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I love that guy. I love his trolling of the Cowboys. Love um, then you have the ba- then then they play the Bengals. Please no. Then then they go to Jacksonville. Don't even bother. And then they play the Ravens on Thanksgiving night in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're not gonna win that game in Pittsburgh. Nope. You don't think Pittsburgh wins that? No, they're gonna split. I think they win at home. You th- so you think the Ravens get him this Sunday, and then and then come Thanksgiving night when the Ravens go to Pittsburgh, Ravens will just win that one. I do, yeah. I think I they're due for a loss. I agree. So with I you. think this is a loss. This is one, but who knows? You know, I don't. I don't. It's a tough call. They're a I'm, good team. I, I, and like just as I'm literally looking at the rest of their schedule after that Ravens game on Thanksgiving night, they can literally go like fourteen and two. Yeah, they, I mean, have, right such, they, they have, have they have such they have such an easy schedule. Every game matters that much more too, because I don't know if people forget any of our listeners, but there's only one bye now. There's no longer two, so every exactly. everyone matters that much more. There's not going to be as much sitting out players and stuff like that. Exactly, and with the Steelers being the last unbeaten team, they have such a target on their back now because everyone's going to want to try to beat them. Yep. But anyways, Nick, once again, thanks for the question. Thank um, you for the question, Nick. You know, we yeah. know you need something to. Uh, Think about since your team is still trash. Uh, your team sucks, Nick. But thanks for being a fan of the show. Anyways, uh, anyways, let's move over to the MLB. This World Series has been nothing but entertainment. All five games, really. It's a three. It's right now in the series. It's three to two, LA. It really should be three. It really, sh- LA should have won the series by now. It really shouldn't have gotten to Game Six. But here's how we got here. It's it's been it, this has been one of the more offensive series uh, I've seen in the World Series in quite some time. L.A. took Game One, looked good. Uh, Tampa Bay took Game Two. All right, one-one series. L.A. comes comes swinging back, wins Game Three, and then we get to Game Four. One of the most wild endings I've ever seen in my life when it comes to baseball. Mind blown. Mind blown. I was watching this game, Chris, and I was thinking, "There's no way that just happened." If that was my team, I'd be sick to my stomach. <laughs> Those are the type of games you're like, okay, now we're not going to win this series sometimes. Exactly. So here's what happened. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Batter comes up. I forget who was batting. I think it was Zanino, but I'm not sure. It was. It was Zanino? Yeah, it was. Okay, so it was Zanino. He bloops it into into right field, base hit. Should be at least a base hit. One run scores. The Rays, the Rays are aggressive on this way because it is, it is seven to six. 
and obviously the Rays are trying to win the game. You have Randy Rosarena at second base. I forget who was at third. Whoever was at third comes around and scores. Randy Rosarena, they, 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 uh, they tell Randy Rosarena, his last name is a tongue twister. I can't even pronounce it. Uh, Rosarena, there we go. Uh, Rosarena. Rosarena. So he rounds third. As he's rounding third, he trips and falls, does a little bit of a tumble, gets back up, keeps running. Right fielder for the Dodgers. I think it was Mookie. I think pretty sure it's Mookie. Mookie throws throws a throws a laser to home plate. Uh, catcher catches it, but as he's catching it, he does like a he catches it. A Rosarena kind of stops in his tracks, like oh, okay, you gotta run back to third and figure this out. Uh, the ca- the catcher does like a little bit of spin, I guess, and the ball falls out of the glove. Randy Rosarena sees it and just and just slides into home game over Rays win. Crazy ending. Right believe it, and then. Clayton Kershaw last night absolutely, absolutely was dominant. You know, yeah, I I'm happy for Kershaw. You know, he still didn't have his best stuff, but he he had the grit to fight through that game. He did, and uh, he had, I mean, he had one of the craziest plays I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Rays fans were so upset that uh, Kershaw was being pulled that they actually were booing Dave Roberts while the, while it was happening because they just couldn't believe it because he was that dominant last night. Wow. But anyways, game six is. Technic- for us tomorrow night, technically tonight. And here's the deal with me, Chris. I have a friend who, just like you, has terrible taste in baseball teams and is a Yankees fan. Yeah, that's good taste. Uh, she Continue. has terrible taste. And she's also a Giants fan, too. Great taste. <laughs> so she's, so she's, she's been suffering for the past couple of weeks. We can say that. Watching. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she has been avidly rooting for the Dodgers because – the Rays eliminated the Yankees. I and then she tweets out last night that she's going to do a little bit of reverse psychology and root for the Rays because when it, whatever team she roots for loses, so she roots for the Rays. And I, and I, me being me, me being the comical person that I am, I tweet out. I was like, "Hey, who should I root for?" I'm 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 over <laughs> I'm over two or over three today for teams I'm rooting for. And she's like, root for the Rays, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, no, fine. I'll root for the Rays just to see what happens. Rays lose. So now, so, so then she says to me, oh, yeah, by the way, now you got to root for them again so they lose again. I'm like, all right, I'll play along, you silly Yankee fans who think I'm, who think I have some kind of magical power, but I do when it comes to teams losing that I root for. Look at, look at my team in the NFL right now. Anyways. So anyways, yeah, so I'm technically going to be rooting for the Rays. To lose because I do want to see Mookie Betts win another ring, and it'd be cool to see the Dodgers win a ring. I agree. I'm rooting for um, my friend D Ward's uh, D Ward. We're rooting so. for you, man. We're rooting for you. All right, let's move on over to the NBA. So it seems like we both agree that we want the Dodgers to win tomorrow night. Let's move on over to the NBA. The Pacers have a new head coach, and Nate Bjorkren. Uh, Nate Bjorkren was an assistant coach on the Toronto Raptors, so that instantly means that he's going to be complaining at the refs every two seconds just because Nick, Nick, the the baby nurse, that's all he does is complain to the refs. But on a serious side of note, I, I like this hire on an actual like serious basketball note. I- yeah, it's a good hire. You know, maybe it makes Old Depot and uh, Turner want to stay. You know, new guy, new voice. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. they needed to. Uh, not demand those trades anymore. Yeah, because 
because Coach Bjorkren, he's inheriting an Indiana team that's coming off of another first-round sweep, which led to the firing of Nate McMillan, uh, who, again, in my opinion, was a questionable firing to begin with. But I guess the Pacers said it's time to move on, so whatever. Um, it is interesting, though, that he is inheriting this team that right now has Ola and Milo a little on the edge about wanting to be in Indiana. In Indiana, if you, maybe if you do want to trade, just give Boston a call. They'll happily take. They'll happily take Miles yeah, Turner. Yeah, took the words. Out. I was about to say, if you want to make your off pick first, you know, send him up to beat. Yeah, we'll take Miles Turner. We'll take care of him. We'll be happy. We'll take we great need, care God, of him. Saw this Indiana center so badly, man. <laughs> so bad. It's God. I just don't want to see Tice in the starting five unless he absolutely has to be there. I want him as my nice sixth man. Yeah, true. Um, another hiring in the NBA uh, to the Pelicans, who, by the way, the Pelicans, I think they shocked everybody in the NBA with this hiring. It's Stan Van Gundy as their new head coach. Yeah, I was mind blown when I saw that uh, tweet. Great. Because you texted me like, what is this, basically? What? Another? I, I was not – Stan Van Gundy was not on my radar at all for – any kind of coaching position in the NBA, I thought he was just going to be a TNT commentator who who has some great commentary. But I like the fit for the Pelicans because Stan Van Gundy turned Dwight Howard into the dominant Dwight Howard that Howard was in his prime. Now he now he comes in now he comes to New Orleans. You have a young Zion Williamson, a young Brandon Ingram, a young Lonzo Ball. He can turn those three players into some into very dominant players. He can. And I think he will. It's a good, it's a good attempt. I completely agree, you know. Um, as a Duke fan, I always root for them. I got a lot of Duke players. I'm curious to see what he can do with my boys down there. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it too. I'm I I mean I I like Stan Van Gundy back when he was a coach of Orlando. So it's it's exciting to see what he does with his Pelican team, that's for sure. He's a good coach, you know. It's just, it's just a matter of fact getting those players to buy in, and they're all young. I think they buy in. Mm-hmm. I mean, next season for New Orleans is definitely going to be exciting. And speaking of next season, the NBA has a target date. Believe it or not, it's bef- it's exciting. before January too. So, th- so their target date right now is December twenty second to start the season, and it's, it would be a season. Because of the and the reason why they're starting this early is because of the Summer Olympics. Because the because the Makes NBA sense. Adam Silver they want to give the players enough time to rest up, you know, go try out for whatever country they're from. Because NBA is represented by many countries, so they want to give all the players basically enough time to rest up and then get ready for the Olympics as well. Because basically, you play seventy two game seasons, depending on if you make it to the playoffs or not. Then you then you play through the playoffs if you're in the playoffs, get a little bit of time off, and then you got to get ready for the Olympics. So these NBA players are going to be exhausted, and then who knows? Who knows? By the time that Olympics are over, NBA could be like, "All right, we're starting back. We're going back to normal and starting in October." So really, they could these NBA players could technically see a bubble season, a 72 game season, the Olympics, and then a whole nother season. All with craziness. All within less than a year. Or 
Yeah, I mean, the players knew what they were getting into with the short season after they signed off on the CBA for the bubble. So, you know, those teams going to probably just – they're going to get take some time like LeBron, like those teams that went deep into the playoffs. They'll recuperate. They'll get ready to play. You know, there's a lot of teams also that had a lot of time off and are probably itching to get back. Yeah, like you, don't, you don't think so, Steph and Clay um, are ready to go? Kevin Durant's ready, oh, Kevin yeah. Durant's good, ready to go? It's a good first step for the NBA. It's exciting stuff to hear that. And um, I think Adam Silver is a good commissioner, and I think it will work out just fine. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Another thing to look forward to in the NBA is the NBA draft. It's coming up in a few weeks. The Minnesota Timberwolves have the number one overall pick, and they don't have a damn clue who they want to pick. And that's concerning. Who do you think they so should pick, Matt? When you look at it, there, look at it there's a couple – there's really four players that they, that they should really look at. It's LaMelo Ball, Obi, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards. Those are the four players that they should really be looking at. I think they, I think I they should take LaMelo Ball and pair him up with D'Angelo Russell and just have him drain threes left and right. It would be uh, – it's just whether or not you want to take someone that high profile, obviously with uh, Ball's dad into your organization. But it, then again, in, in the end, it comes down to is, does this guy fit your scheme? That you're well, I, I think LaMelo Ball would fit perfectly because you have – again, you have D'Angelo Russell – ball up top and then if you miss you have Carly Anthony Towns the big guy down there getting a rebound just put it put it back in I think it's I think it's a winning trio uh, right there, tough, but that's just me it's it's a good I completely agree I, I would just say uh ball or Wiseman should go along but um I kind of want to see Wiseman follow the Warriors yeah that would be an issue if uh, Wiseman goes to the Warriors <laughs> It would just make their team that much more yeah. excited. To I mean, watch. if I mean the thing I'm worried about here is if Wiseman goes one to Minnesota, you don't think you you really think the Warriors are going to pass up on, on another three point machine? Exactly. No, so not. it's it's like you look at the Warriors team. Obviously, they weren't great last year because literally everyone was injured for them last year, and now all of a sudden. They're about to get one of the best rookies in in, in this year's class, and they're already going to be a great team. You're just like, oh, here we go, basically. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I can't wait to see how it shapes out. And we'll definitely have a nice little podcast. With yeah, we're going to. Yeah, so we'll definitely have a little bit of a mock draft show for the NBA, just just like how we had like an NFL preview. Where we'll definitely preview the NBA draft as well. All right, let's Absolutely. move over to college football. Uh, just a little 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 content warning right here. A little, <laughs> little warning. warning. I'm gonna go off about something about about what happened in college football this weekend. So if you don't want to hear me go off for for a few minutes, just stop listening or just just scroll on by. So here's what so so here so here's what happened, everyone. Big Ten comes back this weekend. Yay! More college football to watch. Yes. Ohio State looked dominant this weekend against Nebraska. Michigan looked dominant this weekend against against uh, Minnesota. That was two ranked teams playing on Saturday night. Great fo- great football game to watch, even though Michigan kind of blew them out. Still great to watch because then you get to Penn State. Penn State played Indiana this weekend. 
Penn State is the number eight team in the country entering this game. I'm thinking, all right, cool. Penn State's number eight in the country. Indiana sucks. I didn't even know they had a good football team. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It's going to be great. Penn State goes up 7 nothing. first drive of the game. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. This is going to be awesome. And then Penn State sucks after that. Uh, Indiana responds with a touchdown and a field goal and another touchdown. And it's 17-7 at the half. I'm at, I, I'm at the, I'm at the half thinking this game. sucks. Penn State's really going to lay an egg on opening weekend. I was expecting this next week because they play Ohio State next week, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be awful. This is terrible. In the second half, and Penn State came roaring back to the point where it kind of became a shootout in this game. It was twenty. It became 28-28 heading into overtime. And then overtime happens. In college football, over to you. St- you st- dun, 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 yeah, here, here we go. Chris, Chris is alluding to it. In college football, overtime's 30-yard line, and then you just go from there in your own territory, too. So, or or just 25-30 toward the closest one towards the end zone. Penn State scores, kicks the extra point. I'm like, all right, cool. Cool. We literally just need one stop. You're like, you're like all right, one we got stop. this. Then Indiana scores. A crazy touchdown yeah. to begin with. <laughs> Indiana scores. I'm like, all right, this sucks. We'll just go for one and force double overtime. No, Indiana decides they want to go for the win. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. You you guys want to be Ballsy. idiots and pretend. All right, cool. Awesome. They go for it. I forget the quarterback for Indiana, but you know, he's a complete nobody who is acting like he's a complete somebody. A complete nobody <laughs> runs outside and just makes his way for the end zone. He dives, loses control of the ball as he goes to the ground. It's ruled a touchdown. And instantly when I looked at it, I was like, no way in hell that's a touchdown. And then this, is, here, yep, this is the Big Ten for you. And then they go to the review, obviously, because it's a scoring play. Uh, not just a scoring play, but it's like, all right, this tournament – this determines the winner of the game here. Like, let, let's take a look at it just to make sure. They look at it. it. takes a little bit for them to look at it. And then they come out and say, after review, the ruling on the field stands, touchdown, game over. They show the replay. They show the replay. The, quarterback's, the quarterback is down, and the ball is short. A clear yard. Short of the end zone. Short. And the idiot ref calls it a touchdown. I don't get it. These Big Ten refs are... I, I don't trust college reviews These Big Ten refs are literal garbage. They are. Earlier in this game, there was a review of a targeting call that was nearly close to being targeting. It was just because it was a nasty hit that was completely clean. There was no leaning of the crown, no, no helmet-to-helmet contact, nothing. And the idiot flag just throws the flag or the idiot ref throws a flag. It's just like tar- targeting, targeting, because the hit looked bad targeting. Tell like, me no. how you really like, No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But what ref on the planet would actually do that other than the Big Ten ref? The Big Ten refs are awful. Even, even the review people are awful for saying that that two-point conversion was a touchdown. 
Not even remotely close. The ball was short of the end zone, and the kid also was down. And on top of that, he lost control of the ball, fumbled it out of the back of the end zone. That's technically a turnover. I, I don't it get. Is. I don't get it with these Big Ten refs. The Big Ten refs are they are garbage. They're trash. They're clowns. They're idiots. In the Nebraska and Ohio State game too, there was, <laughs> a, there was a targeting call that was not even remotely close to targeting. Again, no helmet to helmet contact. It was just a nasty hit that was clean, and they called it targeting. And it's just like, how do you? It's, it's like when you look at the replay, and you looked at how the kid's tackling. How do you just tackle somebody like? Like he was mid air. It's just it's like how how are you supposed to hit him? It's awful. The targeting rule needs to be revised. And on top of that, too, the Big Ten refs need to be fired. It is it is it is pitiful. It honestly, is awful. It's just disgusting to watch. I felt sick to my stomach watching these Big Ten refs. I honestly think I would do a better job than these Big Ten refs. That's just my opinion. I think all 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 of them sign them up. All, all, sign this kid all, these up. These Big Ten refs right really here. don't deserve their jobs. They wear they wear they wear the zebra uniforms. <laughs> Go work at Foot Locker. Go back to go back to your day job because your job is not being a ref. You are they are so terrible at refing in the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten yet to have any major refing issues. And it's only week one. And look at all the controversy already the Big Ten is having with the refs. I mean, it's 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 pitiful. It's 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 actually pathetic how terrible these refs are. All right. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I love it, Matt. You're, you're, you're completely right. It shouldn't have been an extra point. And uh, the Big Ten refs continue to let us down. No, it's like when, I, when I die, I want Big Ten refs to put to to lay to lay me down so that they can so, to put me to rest so that they can at least put me so, they, so that they can let me down at least one more time. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair. All right. All right, and then and then other college football news. Now that I'm I'm done ranting. Other college football news quickly. Uh, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver for Alabama, lost for the season. Um, it's a shame. We were he, just talking he's so the, highly he's, about him. I think he's the best wide receiver in all of college football. Uh, the injury that he had. Um, just look up what happened to Dak Prescott. That's basically what happened to him. It's tough to see. It was on like the opening kickoff too, which is terrible. Uh, Auburn had to come from behind win. It was a statement win. Um, Bo Nix sucks as a quarterback. I'm sorry if any Auburn fans are listening sucks. to this. I'm an Auburn fan too, along along with being a Penn State fan. Bo Nix is not the answer at quarterback. He sucks. He's really having a sophomore slump. He's not great, but this was a good win for him. And then Clemson. I mean, they're Clemson. They're going to win by a lot. It's it's it really going to be Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields for the for the Heisman this year. Everyone knows it. All right, let's move yeah. on over to the NFL. And of course, first thing I see in our notes is Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Bucks. I hate that. Gotta love that. No, I don't. I hate every. I hate. I hate all of it. I really do. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, Chris. <laughs> Patriots had both Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, and then they did. Obviously, the off the field stuff came out, and the Patriots got rid of him for obvious. But now Tom Brady has him again, and it's in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is about to show what could have happened in New England and Tampa Bay, and as a Patriots fan, it makes me sick to my stomach. 
That must put a pit in your stomach. stomach. No, seeing that. And here's the thing about Tom Brady. Like, I know online and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, oh, old man Tom Brady does this. Oh, Tom Brady that. Who cares about Tom Brady? After seeing how the Patriots offense has been for the past couple weeks, I miss Tom Brady. I'll admit it. I miss Tom Brady. I really miss the guy. All Pats Pats fans are salty. I mean, you're not – I don't consider you one of them. You, You look at the bigger picture. But I think you guys took for granted what Brady was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he brought you six championships. And you were conti- you were constantly division winners, 10, 11 win seasons. And, you Chris, know, you're looking Chris, at the don't, team don't now, discredit you know, the Patriots. I mean, no, don't, no, no. Reg- give, reg- give us the 12 wins. Regardless of the weapons that Tom Brady had, he made it work. And um, you know, Cam Cam Newton has similar weapons. And nope, it's, just, it's not. It's just not the same. It makes you really wonder. It makes you really wonder as a Patriots fan. Oh, if I was it's, a Patriots it's, fan. it's an awful time right now to be a Patriots. It's a dark day. I mean, I know all it you. It is. Yep. Welcome. Yep, Welcome to the side of the on world. Side of being an NFL fan of a bad team. I know you guys are all welcoming us with open arms, but I know at the same time you guys are also celebrating that the Patriots are finally a bad team. <laughs> I don't. I don't wish anything oh, yes. bad on the Patriots, but uh, it is yes, nice to see them at. It is nice to see them at two and four. All right. Speaking of bad teams, not gonna lie. Cowboys players have given up on Mike McCarthy. So true. Mike McCarthy guys sucks joke. as a head coach. Uh, it was. I'm curious. Really curious to see what Jerry Jones does if they don't so win. So here's my. So here's my take on this whole situation. So back it up to last week. Report comes out from, I think it was Jane Slater of NFL Network, says that there are a couple Cowboys players who just basically hate Mike McCarthy and that, you know, the coaching staff does nothing and that it, it's just, it's just they, they question why should they play for him. Come to this Sunday, John Bostick absolutely takes a shot at Andy Dalton. John Bostick deserves to be fined and suspended. NFL's not going to suspend him. He, Roger Goodell is the biggest coward on the planet. But anyways... Andy Dalton goes down with a concussion. Mike McCarthy criticized him, saying, why didn't you fight John Bostick? Like, bruh. They don't care. They Like, bruh. They don't care about you. I, I think They care about Andy Dalton, but they don't care about Mike I, McCarthy. I think he's – I do agree that they should have done – someone should have stepped up. That is, someone should have protected him there. You know, if someone – I mean, if I was a player, I wouldn't would have done it. But – um. He mm-hmm. is losing the team tremendously, and um, yeah, as a I, Giants I, I, fan, you love to see it. Yeah, how about how about how about, them how about the boys? Huh? Um, I, you, th- you know it. Ain't. This is our year. Steven, this is our Steve, year. Stephen A. Smith. This is our year. I love it. Love Stephen A. Smith. They, love, his his outright love hate him. for the Cowboys, I think, is one of the greatest things in sports. Um, so I know you just said too. Um. Like, why didn't anyone step up for Andy Dolan? I actually looked back on the highlight. One of the offensive linemen, um, I forget who it was. I forget the number. Looked at John Bostick and he just kind of, like, threw his hands up. Like, what the heck was that for? Didn't go over. And then kind of, like, walked over to say something. But but I think his teammates were like, hey, like. So, I think it was something. So, someone did care. Just not to the extent that Mike McCarthy was. But Mike McCarthy's I just agree. like a Big Ten ref, a, bit, a clown, an idiot. He's a clown. Yep. He was a Jerry Jones again, puppet again, hire. The, the, the Cowboys only interviewed two coaches, so 
both of them not great coaches either. So that has a lot to say about the Cowboys, right? Because Jerry Jones needs to have the power, you know. He has to feel as if he's the coach. So why don't you coach well, like, at this point, like, why isn't Jerry just down there on the sidelines? Honestly. <laughs> and then There's one that. last thing before we get into the uh, to the week seven scores, it's two a time in Miami. What do you think of that? You know what? I get the logic of it. You know, Fitzpatrick. Um, is known to go through those hot streaks where he has those consistent weeks of 300 yards passing, and then he'll throw like six picks. I feel bad for Fitz though. You know he had that three and two in second place. I do feel, feel bad for the guy, but I, but I'm very but I'm very excited to see Tua I mean, in this. I'm offense. excited to see what Tua does too, but I do feel bad for Fitz. And here's the thing: if Tua sucks, if if Tua comes yeah, out, yeah, you gotta feel day, bad. It's just not good. They need to immediately go back to Fitz. He won't. Uh, I, I think so. Too. I like Tua a lot. I'm excited to see what happens. Thank you. All right, so let's let's jump into uh, week seven, shall we? What happened this week? Let's let's. Uh, Chris, you want to take it away with Thursday night? Yeah, sure. You know, NFC East, a, a story of four terrible franchises and teams. Pretty much sums it up. Two terrible teams going at it on the short week. Giants played a pretty good game overall. You know, the defense bend, didn't break most game. of the game, but it was a good game. It was very entertaining and back and forth. Giants had a 10-point lead with, I think, yeah, like, five. Like, it was like five minutes left. left. I said to my cousin, yeah, I said to my cousin watching my game, I said, this game is far from over. How many times <laughs> have you seen this in our life? Because it's a, it's a common theme. They never know how to close out these games. And that's a, that's a sign of a bad football team. They're a bad football team, and good football teams know how to close out those mm-hmm. games when you're up ten like that. But you know what? They went for it on fourth and goal. The Eagles did. They got stopped. So we had the ball the one yard line. Daniel Jones led a ninety nine yard, I think six minute. It might have been a seven or eight minute drive down the field. Scores. Okay, we go up ten. Beautiful pass to Sterling Shepard on third and goal. So the boys are up 10, and, and then <laughs> there comes the collapse. You know, defense picks up a quick, a quick touchdown, making Carson Wentz look, look awesome when he's mm-hmm. not a good quarterback, okay? Especially when you pressure mm-hmm. him, he, he makes big mistakes. So short story short, it's third down, it was, third and it was six, third I think six, it was. Yes. Close. It, it was like third and six on like their own 45. <laughs> Daniel Jones, once again, p- played a great game for once, driving. Perfect pass, dime to Evan Ingram, and the guy drops the ball. I, I thought the game was over. I was like, wow. We said, I, I, I'm just mind blown. But right then and there, when he dropped that as a Giants fan, you knew, you knew Carson Wentz was going down the field, and we were losing that game. So it's simple. Um, Nick, I still don't think the Eagles are good, but uh, they probably are going to win the division. I will give you that with five or six wins because – Unless the Redskins somehow go on a roll, but I think you do have the Chris. Division, it's twenty twenty. Call them by the correct. Go any farther than that. No, I'm talking about that the not Washington his name, Nick? football team. <laughs> uh, right, the Washington football team. Right. <laughs> Got to watch what you say. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, simple as that. The Giants. You're are leaving out one. Team. You're leaving out that, important play you know, in this game. You're leaving out still one and a half important out. play in this game. What a, the uh, the eighty yard run by uh, Daniel Jones. 
Oh yeah, that too was great. I could laugh about. So it in now, case you, so in case you were watching, the, the guy was out debate that night. You know, Thursday night football. Daniel Jones takes the ball, runs it eighty yards down the field. Nobody within, nobody's within ten yards of the kid, and he, on his own, trips and falls, and doesn't score the touchdown. That perfectly describes who the Giants are this year. Thumbs up the NFC. For real. One run. Um, other scores that happened uh, this week for the NFL. 49ers went into Foxborough and absolutely bullied the Patriots 33-6. Cam Newton was 9 for 15 with 98 yards, three picks. Cam Newton sucks. Jared Stidham came in, was no better than that. Patriots suck. The NFL is currently rejoicing. <laughs> that, that's all I have to say. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> Wow. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just going to keep it short. I already ranted. I don't need to rant again. The the, the, the Falcons blow another lead. They they lose to the Detroit Lions, 23-22. Wow. to 22. Todd Gurley scores with a minute left, basically, in the game. You could tell he did not want to score either. He didn't mean to score. And then all – and now – and now Detroit comes down the field, scores with no time left on the clock. Detroit wins. Atlanta loses once again. Atlanta, oh my god! You, you, you could—it's another team. You yep. write the script. The Browns with them. complete the sweep of the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Uh, win the Battle of Ohio again, thirty-seven to thirty-four. Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL in this game and is out for the year. Baker Mayfield started the game 0 for 5 with a pick and then absolutely was on fire after that point. Yeah, I mean, Browns moved to 5 and 2. Um, losing Odell is big. Best wishes to Odell for a healthy and uh, speedy recovery. And then, as, as, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Steelers beat the Titans 27 24 off of a missed field goal from Stephen Kostowski that would have sent it in the overtime. Steelers are unbeaten and they look great. They do. The Saints hold on at home to beat the Panthers 27-24. I mean, New Orleans is still a head-scratcher right now as a team without Michael Thomas. They're a head-scratcher. And um, I think uh, Carolina, I I think they got the right guy there. uh, And Teddy Bridgewater, too. I like Bridgewater a lot. Big Bridgewater The Buffalo Bills struggle against the winless Jets, but still win 18-10. 18 points off of all the field goals. Jets were up. The Jets were up ten nothing at this at one point in this game. They they played a good first half. You know, Sam Darnold just made some questionable decisions. Absolutely not. They're not a good football team. They're zero seven. Yep. I think I think they play the Chiefs next week. Uh, the Chiefs. I think that's the they're Chiefs right now that are game. A They're a bad favorite. team. Unbelievable. Uh, they'll probably pro- hammer spread. They'll probably win. The Washington football team beat the beat the Cowboys twenty five to three. A little bit of a bold prediction right here. The I Washington was them Cowgirls. Jesus. Bold prediction right here for me. The Washington football team will win the NFC East this year. They have a chance. Anything can happen in that you know? division. Let's, I mean, I mean, five or six wins. They, they, they got to win three more. They, they, they got two or three wins already. Probably. probably beat the Giants. They'll probably yeah. beat the Cowboys. Oh, that's a win right there. They'll probably beat. They can. They can, they can probably beat the. Probably Eagles definitely. Answer. There we go. There we go. That's three wins. There you right go. There. That's a division. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, we got, you got your 2020 Division You bet I'm buying that merch. That actually happened. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> have a bounce back game against the Houston Texans, beat them 35 20. Aaron Rodgers looked like an MVP in this game. Yeah, you knew the you knew the Packers were going to bounce back after that that egg they laid last week. They're still a team to be uh, reckoned with there. Mm-hmm. In the Tom NFC. Brady accounts for five touchdowns and a blowout win for the Bucks as they beat the Raiders forty five to twenty. Yeah, he looks good. The Giants uh, team next yeah, week will probably throw that. for like another five hundred yards. I might not have to. I might just skip that Monday night for game. Your sanity, I might have you to. might actually have to. I might only make it to half. The Chiefs down. have their own blowout in snowy Denver as we had our first snow game of the season yesterday as they beat the Broncos 43 to 16. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes wasn't at his best, but defense and special teams was. Yeah, their defense won them that game. So uh, the Chiefs are still mm-hmm. another great team in the AFC. And, There's a lot of good AFC teams. It has, it's going to be a great playoff. And as we just said, all go next up for the Chiefs, the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. <laughs> the Chargers hold on to beat the Jaguars 39-29. to Justin Herbert gets his first win in the NFL. Exactly. First of many. And then finally, in the Sunday night football game, which arguably right now is game of the year. The Cardinals, Cardinals hand the Seahawks their first game loss the and went 37-34 in overtime when it really looked like that the Seahawks were going to still be unbeaten after a after terrible coaching from Cliff Kingsbury to kick a field goal on second down and then ice his own kicker. Yeah, pretty wild. Pretty wild finish. Uh, Kyler Murray's the real the, deal. This was and, a uh, they're building something special there. All those teams in the NFC West this was a state are above 500. It's pretty wild. Definitely. I'm glad they won. Even though I do like the Seahawks, I'm, I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. Me too. Um, so Monday Night Football tonight, we have the 5-1 and one Bears. They're traveling to the 4-2 and two LA Rams. Who do you got? I got the Rams. I think they win. It's still the word. They're a good team, but they're still five. Uh, they know they know they know they need to keep pace with everyone in that division. I agree, and I think the Rams take it too. This is going to be a good game because both these teams are really good. I know we joked. I, I know I keep saying that we joked about the Bears, but I think the Bears are legit, and I think this is going to be a great game tonight. It is. I think. I think the Rams cover the spread and they win by a touchdown. I hope you're right, man. Because I'm going with the Rams too. But uh, but anyways, that's going to be it for this week, everyone. Uh, Again, again, as always, we appreciate the support you guys give us week in, week out. We love doing this. Um, please continue to wear a mask. Wash your hands. Use that PRL. Call out all the Karens that you see. Practice that social distance. We're coming into the winter, and this winter is going to be rough. So please just please stay healthy and please stay safe. You got like anything else, Chris? Um, I just want to say, yeah, thanks for the continuous support. Um, me and Matt really enjoy doing this each and every week. We're trying to get better each and every week, and uh, we just appreciate the support. All right. All right, everyone. So, so for Chris, I'm Bernie. We'll see you all next week. Signing out. Thanks.